you have self belief then even others will start believing in it because they can see that confidence that sense of confidence that you'll have in yourself and they'll finally fall through and support you in it Welcome to another amazing amazing and amazing episode of the Climbpreneur show with Shweta Dalmia and that's me. I know I'm using this word amazing a lot, you know. But what to do guys? I really cannot help it. Like these stories are amazing. These people are amazing. Climbpreneurs are amazing, you know. So today's episode is sponsored by our own brand House of Climber, your one-stop shop for affordable and sustainable fashion. And if you'd like to sponsor one of our episodes, do write to us at climberpreneur@gmail.com. So today's episode, you know, today's episode, I would say is a story, it's a story that's empowering, you know, women. It's a story that's spreading happiness in real sense. And that too, you know, while like empowering women while keeping sustainability and climate action at the heart of it. So today we have with us Kirti Punya, the head at Okai. Okai is the rural women's collective supported by Tata Chemicals, has overcome, you know, multiple obstacles to carve a fashionable niche for itself in the apparel and lifestyle space. And we are lucky enough to have Kirti Punya today. I do not know, you know, what should I just like say about her. You know, when I really asked her about the title of a book, like what will be the title of a book if it's ever written, she said raising a kai. And you know, that really is the truth. When you will listen to this episode, you know, you feel connected, you feel that energy in her voice, you know. And the way she's raised a kai, the way she lives a kai, you know, it's amazing. So guys, let's just dive into the conversation and hear Kirti taking us through her journey. So, let's get started. Welcome to the Climb Punya show Kirti. Uh so we'll start with like tell us who is Kirti Punya. Tell us your story. Wow, um uh, I'm so excited to be here. I think um this is my first climate uh talk because I've done so many for sustainable fashion for fashion for social businesses uh but deep inside me i'm uh, one of those people who is deeply affected by uh what's happening to the environment and uh, i think that this is the first platform where i'm speaking uh with a focus on the climate uh you know aspects of running our business so very excited to be here and very excited to speak to you and very excited to share the work that we are doing uh, specifically for the climate and really uh, you know it's something that because we work in an industry which has a high footprint right irrespective if we make clothes and you buy clothes both of us are causing some harm and how do you limit that harm um so who is kirti um i'll i'll really uh, try and begin with an early age uh, story is when i was 13 years old uh, i wanted to grow up and uh, run a fashion brand you know i wanted to uh, had collections in mind a complete plan of what i was going to make uh, all of that and i did this with my friend in boarding school called manurath and uh, as all good indian kids grow up uh, to become engineers i also became a software engineer um started working uh, in software and then post that i worked in many many different places and now have landed up in fashion with a focus on sustainable fashion so who is kirti is really deep deep down inside uh, i think i'm a creative that has 
uh, been conditioned to become an analytical person. Uh, Kirti is a business woman, and uh, definitely uh, trying my best to conduct business in a manner that I don't destroy the planet. Wow. So, uh, like, how did your journey with Okai started? So five years ago uh, is when Okai went online, and we, uh, you know, the the curve of e-commerce was riding in the country, right? Uh, and Instagram accounts were just being created. I, that was the time uh, when we decided to uh, really create collections that would be fit for the online market. Uh, Okai, as the women of Okai, who had been working on craft for many many years. uh it was an initiative to generate alternate sources of livelihood for women artisans uh but 2015 was really the time when we decided that we're going to make this into a sustainable fashion brand that primarily retails online and so uh began our journey online and we were i think just about 350 women back then and uh, now at the start of covid we were 2300 women and now by the time covid is ending or this year is ending we are 24000 women now so uh this is really the impact of okai the 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 truth of the uh, proposition of this business is that women work from home and they work on embroidery and craft and people from all across the world are able to purchase those on okai and knowing exactly where it's coming from knowing the name of the artisan who is making it knowing uh, and seeing how the process was made uh, and that not only creates livelihood and brings money home to the artisans but it brings a huge amount of pride in their work a huge amount of confidence in uh, what they do and uh, how they are able to raise their families and uh, you know it's the it's the achievement the sense of achievement of being able to go for a pop up to bombay from a village creates a different kind of person in that woman what do you say kirti that you know i always say this because you know when people share like stories like you i feel that climate action is beautiful you know being a solution bearer creating solutions do you feel that climate action is like actually something that's very beautiful it's a beautiful feeling to be living with it you know um i think there is almost like a blurry line between not being aware of climate change and then becoming a person who is fully aware and uh what happens it's a journey right you realize the first time you go for a holiday and you see a big dump yard on the beach uh you are suddenly taken aback that whatever i'm throwing at home is coming here that's literally the first step of being aware of climate change and then you start seeing anomalies in behavior uh, of of the weather and you start saying that yes there is something that is happening and i need to do something i can't be part to this party right from there when you then start limiting your usage your impact on the world your carbon footprint to the limit of then maybe one day achieving something close to zero waste right uh and the and a human being goes through several cycles of anxiety uh i have anxiety if i have to buy a plastic bottle you know so if i'm in a restaurant anymore i don't want to drink from a plastic bottle and you, during covid they're like no we're only serving plastic bottle water and so 
I'm the kind of person who will stay thirsty and feel guilty if I've had to buy a plastic bottle. And that uh, is really the eco anxiety is a real. So I feel it is a beautiful feeling. Um, uh, there is a passion project, uh, you know, that I'm helping with, and something that my husband's launching, which is going to eliminate plastic waste in personal care. So you will no longer be trashing any of your uh, personal care bottles. And I think we need more such initiatives to come in because uh, the feeling that you'll get when you're not harming the planet on a daily basis and you're not contributing to the problem on a daily basis, that feeling is also very beautiful. And uh, like I would ask you, because you're working with a lot of local artisans. So like what do you do? They understand what sustainable fashion is like, what is their take on it? Like. How do they see this whole thing? Very interesting question and no one's ever asked me that question before. <laughs> Everyone asks me what the customers think. So um, one thing is for sure that artisans know that in their definition, sustainable fashion means something that is made, handmade, handmade by a community that specializes in that craft and that they are able to make it in the deepest deepest parts of the country and not in a big factory in a more unorganized manner so that truly people are benefited directly so they understand this very well because they have seen the money come in through that and the uh, impact of that initiative so they understand that why people should buy from them and not from a machine made uh, mass market brand right um, i think that would be basic uh, but the second thing that they have started to understand is polyester and plastic and which uh, is a very big surprise and I think that has happened because they all have phones, they all have WhatsApp forwards and they're reading all of that, right? So they have started to see all of that change and the third thing is that there is garbage in their villages now uh, which is causing huge amounts of problem over there with their cattle eating it uh, with just visually it is a very unhygienic location uh, that it's turning into so they are becoming heavily aware of sustainability even when it comes to uh, the problems of plastic pollution uh, and of course uh, the, the polyester issue so do they also feel empowered like you know because they are actually contributing to a solution like such great army of women creating absolutely amazing solutions that sometimes we in the city cannot do it they are so proud they are so so proud and not only are they proud but their children their husbands their mother-in-laws the entire family is now supporting the woman who works at okai um, you know it's uh, the village calls them to be uh, ribbon cutters for any new uh, thing happening in the village uh, they are literally uh, on like local radio and television and uh, they are just the stars of okai and they are so proud so proud to be those you know like hats off to you because you made it you know sort of happen i would like ask you because you know one of my previous guests we know she's a sustainable fashion designer so she mentioned this thing that when we wear sustainable fashion now it reflects in our aura for example when you wear clothes that have been woven while being happy and not while being crying so somewhere it reflects in your aura because you're wearing something that was made while people were happy and not you know someone was crying or someone was so um not only it reflects in your aura not only it tells the other person in front of you 
before you speak anything they know that you are conscious you are conscious about the climate but the third thing it does which is a very uh, non proven thing but i believe in it is the energy that is woven into a handmade fabric if a unhappy person has made it the energy that comes out of it is negative but if a happy person is made made it and you can literally feel that happiness through a garment um, and i think people who buy sustainable fashion can feel that happiness also like i would ask you because you are into this like domain now uh, how do you feel think that sustainable fashion can penetrate like more into the market so one thing's for sure that it needs to come at an affordable price point right because uh, i think saying that because it's sustainable uh, of course fair wages is a given right uh, good quality cloth is a given but if all of those things are going to come at a very expensive price point then how is india going to buy it how are college students who want to buy sustainable going to buy it right uh, it is almost similar to saying that rich people can eat organic food and now uh, the masses are going to dominoes right uh just because doctors can come at a certain price point and why has that changed so i i i think that one of the big uh proponents of it becoming uh something that will be widely accepted is a price point uh that is going to change things truly said and i think that uh, having said that sustainable fashion really needs to penetrate the zone of comforts and convenience I agree and I think you know uh, I also feel that most of the sustainable sustainable fashion clothes that you get they are like big tents you know they they're not the fitted amazing uh, sexy garments that you want to wear uh, to a party like it's so rare if you could find an evening dress in sustainable fashion right it's so difficult to find a really properly fitted and structured garment um they're very very big and uh, i don't know if that is an aesthetic that's uh, built up and if that is what the sustainable fashion audience is demanding right now but i think uh, the young people who want to wear more structured fitted um uh, uh, garments uh, may want that aesthetic okay uh, so next question i'll ask you is like kithi tell me how important did you find self belief in your own journey like how important is trusting yourself while building something wow it's one of the most important things uh, especially in a country like ours where no one else will trust in you uh, <laughs> because i think young people want to start their companies and i think the biggest enemies of startups in india are the parents uh they're never going to say that you know you are capable enough of starting your own organization they always like go get yourself a job and uh, work there and you know it be your safe life forever um then the second thing is of course if you're starting something everyone is going to be like but how will it run how will it sell i think everyone else will doubt you uh be it anyone right around you your friends will question you so if you don't have self belief which is the only strength that you will have you will not be able to uh, convince yourself to keep going the second thing is if you have self belief then even others will start believing in it because they can see that confidence that sense of confidence that you'll have in yourself and they'll finally fall through and support you in it 
so like when you were starting like were you scared of the future like you know what the future holds for you or something because like some if i talk about myself also sometimes i feel okay what's going to happen like how things are going to turn up so what has been your experience in your journey so i think i came from a very corporate background and uh, okhai was a non profit organization i wasn't starting on it from scratch but really taking something and making it big right uh the biggest challenge for me was everyone thought that you had such a successful corporate career maybe you would climb like you know the corporate ladder and uh, why are you moving to an ngo right uh and i never thought like that i really thought that uh it's not like how you have to not look at it as a non profit that just works with artisans and makes products because if it's not going to do marketing and it's not going to sell the products there is no impact right um so i really thought of it as just another marketing uh, business role uh, really as a pnl role right where you're really looking at the numbers with as much rigor you're looking at the operations with as much rigor so so in other words i made my own story right in my in my head that this is why i was doing it and i recorded it that this is why i'm doing it i'm not changing my industry i am i'm going to run it like a corporate organization i'm not changing uh, into development sector uh, i'm going to care about the artisans but i'm going to care about the customers too because most ngos care about artisans and more most commercial organizations care about customers so what i was looking to find was a balance between the two So like you know when you were doing all this what like did you have a, like a small moment sometimes like okay whatever whatever i am doing is worth it i am on the right path because sometimes you know like i feel it sometimes like it happens with me like when i go into the moment of doubt something happens like you know a random person comes and he tells me god bless you what you're doing is adding so much meaning so did you had like those kinds of moments in your journey i think it was the artisans telling me their life stories and how it was making a huge change in their life. lives um i think that was it right uh, there are women who are now teaching their kids uh, to study and educate themselves and have proper jobs and uh, i remember earlier the only only the boys used to go for evening tuitions and then we started seeing the girls go for evening tuitions uh, women have okay women have taken loans and built a house uh there was a one of our artisans who was in a domestic abuse relationship and uh, when she started making a lot of money uh the husband totally uh, stopped beating her and then he uh, actually started making her breakfast before she leaves for okhai and he packs her tiffin to go to okhai and he drops her to okhai so i think when you see such stories and you see real first hand stories uh there is nothing more that you want right uh you you just feel so motivated to work harder this must be like uh, such as it gives your content feeling like you know soul enriching feeling yeah so like i'll ask you on this that while creating a business you know how important do you feel is forming relationships with people like because i feel when you create a business it's like creating a community a family of customers a family of artisans or like people you work with absolutely i think it's one of the key attributes of building a business um not only with customers but with your own team and uh, with your artisans 
uh, I think it's a slow process because uh, you have to build trust with what you're doing and uh, what your mission is and then slowly what people start doing is that they no longer work for you they work for the cause right uh, and they work for the happiness that they get uh, in actually interacting with you on a daily basis uh, in interacting with each other on a daily basis how one is able to share negative feedback with another without the threat of it becoming a huge like political issue right and how do you encourage that uh, exchange of ideas how do you encourage empathy for each other also like i would ask you that you know like uh, when you were building these like local artisans so i'm sure that you wouldn't have started with the numbers that you have right now so like what were the challenges you faced like how did you like what number did you start with how did you reach this number and what do you think is the key element that helped you drive that numbers like in terms of artisans well i think uh, initially when we were about 350 women and then last year about 2300 women and uh, that first stretch of 350 to 2300 was uh, took us so long right it took us 5 years and then covid went from 2300 to 24000 um so i'm going to share the first bit which is 350 to 2300 i would really credit the okhai team and the existing artisans of okhai who had already had an impact in their lives and they were sharing this story with other artisans in the village who were then contacting them and they were training them internally and i think that artisan training another artisan is the ripple effect that you see of training right and um, i think i remember artisans doing video calls to each other and uh, explaining their problem and learning design and learning embroidery so i think for the first bit i would really credit uh, the artisans the leading artisans of okhai bringing in more artisans um the second uh, wave that has happened which is last year to this year is really because of covid and uh, i mean how however bad it sounds but thank you to covid for doing this because uh, all of the artisans had uh, to s- learn how to come online right they would have any other year they just sell in physical um, uh, sort of pop ups and they sell it off to big retail stores right or traders who really exploit them um so what started to happen was these artisans started to reach out to us and were ready to learn how to sell online so they were like sure we are going to learn how to make an excel sheet how to take a photograph how to really style our product and uh, communicate over whatsapp make videos of how they are making the products so it has forced the country to become more digital and it has forced the artisans of india to come online and uh, of course i would again credit the okhai team for being so adjusting right otherwise you have a, a certain type of business you're a product company and you're suddenly moving to becoming a marketplace now if you're moving to become an art marketplace uh, often companies and their employees are not able to suddenly change the way they work right because your company processes change but this team was like yes we'll do it 
and uh, went ahead and just uh, uh, you know kept saying yes until it happened uh, and uh, kept resolving the issues on the way also like uh, you know someone actually asked this question that how do you manage the work life balance ah uh, so i'm not very good at balancing work life balance i don't think i would be a great example for that but um, i think i'm a bit of an extreme person like uh, and balance is really very difficult to achieve uh, i do w- get into work and then i love like staying in the zone of work and then getting out every once in a while spend 10 days away from everything and then jump right back in right uh, and i think covid has been such a uh, savior in terms of work life balance since you're working from home now uh, you're not commuting 2 hours a day uh, you're spending lunch with your family uh, i think it's made it only easier to have work life balance so my next question to you would be like if you had to start your journey all over again what would you do differently this time wow okay so i think um maybe some of the initiatives that we wanted to run and we were uh, we were not confident to spend money on them right that will they really result in a benefit or not um and that you don't know when the first time you do it right and uh, now i know what works and what doesn't work and what you can scale up and what you don't scale up so um, i think with the learning of uh, one cycle of running a business uh, for 5 years you are able to then take that call in a better manner if you do it all over again um so i guess the learnings would would make the difference okay and uh, like how have you like sort of you know integrated sustainability into okai like how do you like keep the entire value chain and like how do you do it so really we look at four sorry five p's huh of sustainability across the value chain of okai so really begins with raw material design production marketing technology logistics and then shipping right that's that's really the value chain of any product company that's making a uh any fashion product so raw material of course falls under the planet category you need to be only source natural biodegradable uh, uh, fabric which is responsibly sourced in most cases uh, of course we know the we don't we don't buy from traders we only buy directly from the people who are making the product so the difference between the artisan making the product and the leader of that organization there will not be uh, the degrees of separation is not more than one so we try and go directly to the source and so you'll always see that we are rarely ever sourcing from a big city we are always sourcing from uh, the remotest parts of india where the product is being made cotton of course is something that we are using in our raw material right now but we've also tried or we we are also working with hemp we are also trying bamboo we are also trying uh, jute we've tried uh, several types of jute uh, we are also now uh, you know looking at uh, organic cotton so these are different things that we are looking at uh, in terms of natural fabrics we have not used any synthetic fabrics so far so the next one would be product right uh, so how do you really design a product uh, without it being high waste right 
for it to be long lasting for it to be functional for it to be reusable right and that's really at the design stage that the product can be sustainable can be designed to be sustained sustainable so all of our uh, fabric uh, the waste is actually used to make the bags that we ship in and uh, if the smallest of the waste is used to applique on other garments and uh, like things like making scrunchies along with it so nothing not even a centimeter of it is actually wasted people would be the sec- the, the next one which really falls under production uh, uh, i think the core of okhai is a fair wage diversity women empowerment uh, we are a fully women workforce and a fully women led team so all of the heads of departments of okhai are women and almost 85 90% of the company is also women the next one would be marketing right marketing technology and logistics so how do you really have a transparent and honest marketing of the product right and i think people think sustainability and they think about uh, plastic and fabric but very important is marketing sustainable marketing right uh, if you're lying about anything in your marketing that means you're doing unsustainable marketing and it it has become almost uh, a norm now in in the world just have green colors just have a green language to represent yourself as a greener brand uh, you know i've seen ad campaigns where the artisans were rented for the shoot and i mean that's really where the honesty is dying right and how do you do sustainable honest transparent marketing of a product then the next one would be how do you improve efficiencies right and resource ut- utilization with technology and how tech can be used to become a more sustainable brand logistics how do you use technology to really optimize your logistics for sustainability so that you're not doing back and forth every single time you need to uh create a product create a sample with someone or even ship to customers so returns is actually a high section of unsustainability in our industry higher your returns more unsustainable packaging would be the final one which means finally we come shipping right so um, a few years ago we were using those e-commerce plastic bags and then we moved to completely recycled uh cardboard bags which are made out of recycled recycled uh, materials and then they are also recyclable uh and we are also using compostable bags uh literally home compostable so not you cannot use a industrial compostable one because in india we don't have that facility and it will still go down to a garbage dump um so the one we used was a home compostable one and uh, the person making it actually planted a tomato tree in it and grew a tomato tree after 3 months uh so again bags made with waste are what we are using to do the shipping in uh we're also reusing our bags for internal shipping so we've made big bags with zips so uh, between our artisan locations when the bags come to us they are just zipped together and then the bags go back so honestly i would say every single thing now if you even look at the product um uh, the way it is designed to not tear it the way it is designed to have a uh, comfort and reuse reusability right uh from the smallest things like we're not even using a plastic button anymore we are using coconut buttons so it's uh, really a, <laughs> trying to be as close to 100% that we can be 
बट दिस इज अ जर्नी दिस इज रियली अ जर्नी एंड देर आर सेवरल केसेज वेर इधर सोल्यूशन आर नॉट अवेलेबल और नॉलेज इज नॉट अवेलेबल बिकॉज से फॉर एग्जाम्पल यू नो पीपल आर सेंग बैम्बू इज एक्सट्रीमली सस्टेनेबल बट बैम्बू डज कंज्यूम अलॉट ऑफ वाटर और इफ यू से समबडी वॉज पिचिंग टू मी मिल्क फैब्रिक ऑरेंज फैब्रिक बनाना फैब्रिक आई मीन दोज आर फ्रूट्स इफ यू कैन मेक दम टू यूज फैब्रिक दैट इज हैविली अनसस्टेनेबल सो आई डोंट इवन नो इफ इफ द इंडस्ट्री यू नो एंड वी एज एन इंडस्ट्री कन्वर्स विद ईच अदर ऑन दिस आई थिंक वी आसल्स आर नॉट रियली श्योर ऑफ विच वन हैज द रियल लोएस्ट कार्बन फुटप्रिंट Do you think that connection is uh, missing when we talk about sustainable fashion industry? Like, you know, the connection between, say, you and many other people who are into this field. It's it's definitely lacking, and it's a nascent industry, right? Um, it's going to. It's not one that has an industry body already. Uh, so I have actually deliberately uh, been trying to make the effort to connect with others. um who uh you know runs similar organizations for the last few years and are facing similar challenges and so if we can come together and amplify this voice and also find better solutions for each other i think that's something really i'm personally looking at doing so anyone hearing this podcast if you run a sustainable fashion brand i think if you can uh, message me dm me on raising okai uh, i'll be so happy to really create this forum for everyone to really unofficially a uh, totally uh, you know uh, friendly forum for uh, healthy exchange of ideas almost like a support group no actually you know it's needed the reason i asked you this is because uh, like we are like coming up with our sustainable fashion uh, marketplace where you have like all sustainable fashion brands so like when i talk to these people so i find, like there are few things that i really found that the ones you were talking about so that's that's why i asked you like do you think that it's missing from there so my final two questions to you would be if you had to write a book about your life what will the title will be <laughs> Wow so you know my deep desire is to become an author and so if I ever do something else after this it's going to be to write a book um wow so i think uh definitely raising okai would be one of the books that i could write uh because there will be a real value to give to the world in that book um and something i must i must attempt to do and your uh, like your final advice to the youth out there people out there listening to you today well i think the responsibility of um, of growing the sustainable fashion industry and actually saving the world saving the planet is not just on the brands uh, you as consumers need to buy less and need to buy very carefully uh, we need to make less you need to you need to buy less uh, and that's the only way uh, this is going to help the planet so let's figure out alternatives to reuse sharing our clothes um, creating something else with our clothes wearing them again and again so i think i would urge each one of you to uh, really be very mindful before you buy anything uh, 
वेर आर यू बाइंग इट फ्रॉम हाउ इज इट मेड वॉट इज इट गोइंग टू डू टू द प्लानिट एंड डू यू रियली नीड इट thank you kirti like thank you for inspiring us and thank you for creating a legacy with okay like you know that i could just feel that kind of positivity you know that reflects on your face thank like you. this is amazing and what you're doing is amazing thank, thank you. you so much thank you so much thank you bye i hope you guys enjoyed the conversation so what are you waiting for go take your first step go create climate solutions go be a climate pro go be an entrepreneur driving climate action and stay tuned for the next episode